0: Gentlemen. Welcome to the main event. Let's get ready.
1: That's right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. I'm your host Rob Kramer, alongside, as always, my co-host Daniel Bobo Curlin. And uh, Dan, how you doing today,
0: buddy? Happy New Year! I'm doing good. Happy New Year to you, Robert. Yeah, it was it was great, and all. Still no Korea news yet, but the Giants have officially are in the playoffs, so there was something to celebrate about on New on New Year's Day.
1: Well, my friend, I'm glad that you had something to celebrate because uh, instead I was attending a funeral and a funeral by the name of the New York Jets. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, not a fun game to watch. The Giants, on the other hand, were a lot of fun. They were blowing out Indianapolis real early on. And, you know, yeah, like you said, still no news in the Korea front. So, um, you know, we'll we'll touch on Korea in a little bit, because honestly, there really isn't much of an update. We're still just kind of, you know, in a waiting period. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, you know, as for let's let's start with your Giants. We'll get to my Jets in a minute, um, unfortunately. <laughs> but let's start with the happy stuff, man. Your New York football Giants went out there, put their money where their mouth is, backed up their head coach and got a gigantic W against the uh uh, Indianapolis Colts this past Sunday, putting them in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Dan, how are you feeling? You must have been pumped up watching that
0: game. Oh, believe me, I was. I was pumped up. I think. I think maybe even Mr. Maloonigan maybe fed off the noise I was making at home.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, and just a uh, you know fun game to watch. You know, you love one of those games. You know, it's like a hockey game where your team is winning like five nothing. You know, where you just get to kick your feet up and sit back and watch your team play. You don't got to worry. You know, the Giants were blowing out Indianapolis. So, I mean, at one point, or, you know, relatively early on, it was 24 to 3. The Giants were in control of the game. I mean, you just, they, at, at that point, you're just watching your Giants and you didn't have a care in the world, right? You just wanted that play out until, uh, you know, until the, the, the final snap Right around 4 o'clock, Giants clinch, and you're in playoff mode, buddy, right?
0: Yep, exactly. Now I'm re- I'm ready for making plans to to watch the playoffs, depending what day they schedule the game in, in the first round, because I know some of these games happen on a Saturday. So I'm just oh, waiting, yeah. waiting for the news, what day and the, to- the date and time of that playoff game, and hopefully no one does anything crazy, no one gets hurt or anything next week. Yeah, well, that's a uh, – yeah, I'm sorry. What are you saying, Dan? At the same time, though, I would kind of love to see the Giants maybe carry that momentum, maybe try to beat the Eagles. Hey, it worked in 2007. See, 2007.
1: that's what I, That's what I was going to ask you, too, because, you know, a lot of people – I've seen a lot of Giants fans online saying, hey, you know, we're, we clinched in the playoffs. I know we could kind of stick it to the Eagles right now. Um. But, you know, maybe they should rest Saquon Barkley next week is, is what I see a lot of Giants fans saying on Twitter and, you know, calling into WFAN all day. Maybe they should rest Bar- uh, Saquon Barkley. But, hey, they went to, you know, the, the reporters went to Saquon, asked him if he feels like he needs a rest or does he want a, uh, you know, a rest. And Saquon said no to both questions. He said, as far as I'm concerned, I'm playing on Sunday unless Brian Dable tells me otherwise. So you love hearing that out of your star running back. Um, and you know if if you were making the call, Dan, what what would you do? Would you want to just like you said, go for it like you did in 2007 with Tom Coughlin and play that last game like it means something, or do you just want to kind of coast into the playoffs and maybe give a guy,
0: give a couple of guys some rest? Well, well it's kind of two trains of thought of course you got to remember in 2007 there was of course a lot of incentive for that cuz i f- i feel like then of course also the giants didn't want didn't want to just hand an undefeated season to the patriots they wanted to make them earn that win yep and uh, that was rightfully so and uh, of cor- course we know the giants they, they played that game they nearly won that game and they carried that momentum all the way into the into a super bowl championship Eventually beating that same Patriots team, they had nearly beat that time. Ta- this time, when they got to Super Bowl Forty Two, sealing the deal, and it carried their momentum all the way. I feel the same way. We could it might be a good idea with this game. At the same time, maybe some player might seem like a little banged up, might need a little maybe maybe part of the game off. That that might be a good idea also, because yeah, I don't yeah. want to put any any players maybe that, that, that maybe that maybe one little injury could could knock them out for the for the playoffs maybe maybe give maybe give some of those players a rest but some that don't seem like they're kind of banged up if they're not banged up uh, go out there and try to win this
1: yeah no definitely man you you definitely have to uh you know take everything into consideration and you definitely have to give the um you know Hey, if if these guys are, are are really banged up, definitely give them some time. But I agree with you, man. You know, um, why not play it out and see what happens? I mean, you know, just 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 like you said, the Patriots. Uh, I mean the the Giants in two thousand seven just didn't want to hand the Patriots an undefeated season, and they didn't. The Patriots ended up getting it, but they had to fight and claw for it from the Giants. The Giants want to be the same thing on Sunday against the Eagles. They don't want to just hand the Eagles the NFC East Championship. You know, because hey, I mean, on on one hand, yeah, you'd love to stick it to the Eagles too. You know, it, it would kind of help the Cowboys, but uh, you know, you don't really look at it from that perspective on this. But hey, you if you have a chance to take out um one of your biggest division rivals and my might I remind you, a division rival that over the last few years have tormented the Giants. Absolutely tormented the Giants. The Eagles have dominated the Giants over the last five or six years of play. I mean, they, they had one of the longest interdivision winning streaks going against the Giants for a long time. So, it's all going to come to a head this Sunday. And, uh, you know, what do you expect to happen, Dan? Do you think that the uh, the Giants and Brian Dable are going to go all out, or do you think they're going to take their gas, you know, their foot off the gas a little bit?
0: I think they're going to go all out, unless and there's anyone that's maybe banged up that might need the week off. But other than that, they're gonna they're gonna go all out for this one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree, and you know, looking ahead now. I don't really know exactly how it's going to break down. There's still a bunch of different scenarios that could work out depending on who wins the NFC East and uh you know seating and things along those lines conference records. But looking ahead right now um it looks to me like it's going to end up being in in that wild card first round the Giants and the Vikings. I mean that's just my my prediction right now. I also heard a lot of people Um, You know, talking about that and speculating about that today on the radio and and on Twitter and everything. Um, So right now, a lot of people are saying that it looks like Giants-Vikings in that first round. If it ends up being Giants-Vikings, what's your confidence level for that? Um, Vikings, obviously a good team, but a team that you also just
0: played a few weeks ago. I'm very confident in the the Giants in that. And I feel, I feel, I feel like this one we we could pull that win. We we nearly defeated them uh, in a, a few weeks ago on Christmas Eve. So I think we could, I think we could do it. Very yeah, confident I mean, in, a, my, in my game.
1: Yeah, and I, I I mean we saw it. It took a last second bomb of a field goal for the Giants to lose that game out there. So it'll be very interesting to see how the rematch goes. Should that happened in the playoffs uh two definitely you know good teams two well coached teams um you know before the season too me and you talked about how big of a year this is for Dale Jones and then the giants you know ended up making it an even bigger deal because they didn't give him his fifth year option they didn't pick up that that last option so Dale Jones is a free agent after this season now what do you think Dan um you know if you're going to franchise tag Daniel Jones this offseason you're looking at 30 million you know right around there you're looking at a lot of money um if you're going to give him a contract it's probably going to be for at least 25 million a year if it's a if it's a more than one or two year deal you're probably looking at maybe 3 years 75 million for for Daniel Jones you know what are you after seeing this season and what he did, how he ran this offense, and how he got you guys to the playoffs. What do you think about Daniel Jones? Are you willing to to give him that three-year, maybe longer contract at $25 million a year? I mean, do you want to take a chance and maybe just
0: just franchise tag him? What's your thought process? I feel like he's earned maybe at least getting franchise tagged.
1: But But if you were making the call... Do you feel like this season, from what you've seen out of him, you would be comfortable giving him a more than one-year deal? Or do you think, you know what, he's only done it for one year, let me
0: franchise tag him and see if he can do it again? I would probably sign him to an extension. I feel like he's gotten – I feel like he's finally gotten acclimated to to to, to day Ball's system. I feel, I feel they finally found found a way for everything to click with him.
1: I agree. I actually totally agree with you, man. I think that uh, it would be a, a big mistake for the Giants to, to let Daniel Jones go. And I'm telling you right now, is Daniel Jones a top five quarterback in football? No, he's probably not a top five quarterback. But is he a, a very good, mobile, serviceable quarterback that you can depend on to go out? I mean, look, the guy had injury problems his first two years his first you know whatever a couple of years in the league that hasn't been the issue this year he's been out there every game every down taking the hits leading this team and you know maybe part of it is that it's the walk year of his contract but hey, I'm totally with you and and you know what I think a lot of people are overlooking with with Daniel Jones and this Giants team I think a lot of people are overlooking the coaching aspect of it you know look at who Daniel Jones had coaching him for the first couple of years of, of his career. You know, um, you know, you have Joe judge, Pat Shermer, you know, a litany of offensive coordinators. And now you finally have some, at least a suspected stability or not even necessarily stability because you know that Dable is going to be there for a while, especially after making the playoffs this year, but maybe not so much the stability, but more so the competence, the offensive, at least, you know, and, and and obviously we've seen the defense play very well at times too, but that's more of a wink Martindale type thing. And he's been a great pickup for the giants on the defensive side too. But I really think that, you know, you see the way that Day, that Dayball handles, like, handles this offense, man. I think this is the perfect situation for Daniel Jones, and I think it would be a mistake for the Giants to let him move on, and I also think it would be a mistake for Daniel Jones to move on because he's finally comfortable in this system, and they seemingly have built this offense around him,
0: right? Yeah, I really feel that way. The way they got, they finally built the offense around them. They got a they got a coaching system that in place that he's able to that he was able to pick up on, and I feel be a mistake because it'd be like starting over if they didn't do do that be a, a backward step.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Giants could be in a position right now where, you know, we'll get to in a second where my Jets are, where you pretty much know that. Look, as much as I like Mike White. I don't think the answer at quarterback is on the Jets roster right now. And, you know, that means you're going back out into the wilderness looking for maybe one of these retread veterans you could get something out of, or you're going back into the crapshoot of the NFL draft and hoping that that you get this uh, awesome quarterback that just seems to avoid the Jets every time they go to the draft. But the Giants don't have to be in that, um, you know, they don't have to be in that bargain bin. They have this guy who maybe he was a diamond in the rough where even when, uh you know, he was picked at number six overall and the Giants were killed for this pick, which I thought it was way big of an overreaction anyway at the time. You know, nobody knew anything about Daniel Jones. To act like he was the worst pick of all time made no sense. But, you know, I I really think that we're starting to see that quarterback really blossom here and um you know and this is a this is a chance that the Giants have you don't want to let this guy slip through your fingers and you know who knows maybe in a couple years the Jets will be saying that about Zach Wilson but uh you know some people have already said it about Geno Smith and Sam Darnold to a lesser extent so I I guess we'll see but I think that uh everything seems to be pointing in the right direction for the Giants and and pointing in the, in the direction of Daniel Jones returning on a uh, another, you know, maybe not long term deal, but at least a mid range kind of contract, two or three years. I, I would definitely be up for that, no doubt about it. Um, so now, uh, let's move on to the other team in the uh, in the MetLife Stadium. Unfortunately, my New York Jets, who just lost their fifth straight game. Um, you know, a game they didn't even show up for. We talked about the uh the Thursday night game against Jacksonville last week where they didn't show up for that one. Well, they decided not to show up this Sunday in uh uh in Seattle either. They just got manhandled by Gino and uh Pete Carroll, a couple of former Jets out there, you know, Jamal Adams, who didn't even play, still getting a last laugh, sticking it to the Jets from the press box. And uh, just a, another loss, the fifth consecutive loss. This one eliminates the Jets from playoff competition. They had a chance. They had it all in front of them. All they had to do was beat Seattle on Sunday and then beat Miami, who, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. So even though Miami couldn't help the Jets out with a with a win at 1 o'clock, everything fell in, in in front of the Jets because now it looks like it's going to be you know, if the team was still geared up for a playoff run, a gimme victory on week 18 down in Miami as the Patriots are running, as the uh, Dolphins are running out their third string quarterback because Teddy Bridgewater and um, Tua are both hurt right now. So, I mean, I, I don't know, Dan, uh, as as a Jets fan, I am so beyond frustrated right now with this team, Um, you know, Just another lost season. And I can run down the list. As a matter of fact, I will for you in a minute. But what did you think when when you were sitting down there watching, you know, your Giants clinched right after the 1 o'clock games ended at 4, the Jets started up at 4 o'clock, and right from that get-go, you saw that 60-yard run. And as a Jets fan sitting there watching it, honestly, I'm not even going to lie, I knew it was over as soon as that that thing happened. I, I, I just knew it. I, you know, and then seeing Mike White just look bad too. So what was your, as from a Giants fan's perspective, what was your, um, you know, thoughts about how badly the Jets failed this past week?
0: Well, I did have a little two screen action. Like I had, I had because of the the Spectrum app, the cable company app. So I had that game on the the tablet while the Rangers game was on because the Rangers game was on at five. So I did. I did take a look at that at the name mm-hmm. and I was thinking, like, "Oh my God, poor Kramer is! I'm a plea, dude. I, am I gonna need to have to be counseling him after this? <laughs> I've been a Larry David's friend, in that curb and curb your enthusiasm episode. I don't want to see that. And I'm also thinking, Oh my God, I, I can only imagine how livid uh Joe Benigno is gonna be after this one.
1: And he was, my friend. And he was. Uh... It was definitely quite the uh, the show. Listening to Joe go off on uh, Monday on his podcast and on the sh- and on WFAN,
0: I want to listen as well. But man, thank God, God you made You're you're okay, and you and you and you, you 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 made you made it through this one alive. Well, Dan, you know what?
1: At this point in my life, I'm 36 years old now. I have been watching the Jets let me down. For pretty much my entire life, I mean, my first Jet season that I remember watching was the Pete Carroll coached, um, nineteen ninety three New York Jets with Boomer Esiason as the uh as the quarterback, and the Jets started six and three that year, or six and four, whatever it was. They ended up losing their last six games, finishing six and ten, missing the playoffs. That didn't work out. Also, nineteen ninety seven. That was the first year of Parcells, where he started getting the Jets good again. They started off six and three that year too. Didn't make the playoffs. Choked it out. Two thousand. I remember in two thousand the Jets started off four and zero. Oh. It was looking great. They were seven and three at one point. Everything was right in front of them. Collapsed again. Didn't even make the playoffs that year. You could go back to two thousand, uh, but after that. 2008, that was the Brett Favre season. They started off eight and three. They beat the undefeated Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football and choked it out. Went out, lost that game, uh, you know, lost the games after that. Ended up finishing nine and seven as Brett Favre and the Jets limped to the finish line. And then, uh, you know, not to mention your Giants sticking it right up the Jets' ass. The Jets were eight and six. Chance to make the playoffs for the third straight year in 2011. And what happens? Victor Cruz catches that 99-yard touchdown pass, takes it to the house. Giants win. Send the Jets off packing on on Christmas Eve and go on a Super Bowl run. Jets haven't sniffed the playoffs since then. And then the last time they were even close was 2015-10-5. and Chance to win. Go into the playoffs the last week of the season. All you got to do is win in Buffalo doesn't matter week 17 and you're in couldn't do it go out there choke that one out rex ryan sticks it to the jets so this is something i'm i'm well versed in man i've seen the jets literally let me down in every way possible my entire life it's just for some reason this year this year i really didn't think it was going to happen you know this year i really thought that something was different and that they were going to make the playoffs and I learned once again the hard way, same old Jets, man, same old Jets. So, you know, there's there's nothing you could do. I mean, it's a it's a snake bit organization that hasn't, you know, they've only had one four thousand yard passer in their entire history. It was Joe Namath in 1968. They've won one Super Bowl. It was that same year, the '68 season, January of '69. It's now been 54 years in eight days. Eight days from the day we're recording this, on January 12th, 1969, was the last time the Jets won a Super Bowl. That was uh, 17 years before I was born. (laughs) So, you know, hey, I'm I'm hoping, I'm a fan, so I'm always going to root for the Jets, and I just hope that one day these fortunes will be reversed, and maybe it'll be while we're doing this podcast. Right, Dan?
0: Exactly. Hopefully, one day you could say you've seen,
1: you've seen it happen. Yep. Yep. And I've never even seen the Jets playing a Super Bowl. My only team I've never that I haven't seen get to the championship game of their of their league. You know, obviously the Knicks twice in the '90s in the NBA Finals. The Mets, I've seen them there. You know, two thousand and 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 twenty fifteen, you know that the Rangers have won a Stanley Cup and been to another in my lifetime. Not the not the Jets, not the Jets. So, let's keep our fingers crossed.
0: Got a friend. Of, I got a good friend of mine who's a who's a Jets fan, right? One one of my friends is a Jets fan, right? I remember being at a bar and he's watching the game. Also, that the, I think the NFC champ, AFC champ. If I happen to be at a bar when that game was happening, so it says I'm there as a meat as a meat, You know, me eating whatever I ordered. It's watching this game, seeing seeing how it seeing how it plays out. He actually pre-ordered. The Super Bowl merchandise. They actually did this. I I heard about this. I forgot what newspaper mentioned this. They were actually pre or they were doing a pre order for Super Bowl merchandise. If they got there and it was going to be automatically returned to your, you know, to your credit card if they didn't, but they were actually buying the the, the stuff the the AFC Championship gear, fans. <laughs> yeah. They were they were they were actually taking pre orders for it. Man,
1: as a Jets fan, you gotta know you gotta know you can't touch that money until the until the final whistle blows, cause uh if any team can blow it, it's the Jets. So, you know. <laughs> what else can you say about that? Um you know, yeah.
0: uh I've seen a team do that. I mean i I mean I myself am a Mets fan. I mean I'm used to like when they you know, they sell every round of the playoffs in advance. I'm used to that with many teams will do that. So you know, sell so when they get if they if they look like they get to the playoffs, they do most of the rounds of the playoffs in advance. You know, this way they got the ticket sale handled out of the way, and then they'll do an automatic credit card refund. But this is the first time that was the first time I when I heard a team actually was selling their uh, championship round merchandise in advance. That's the first I've heard of.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got that right, man. No doubt about that, and uh course, especially the Jets.
0: What do they think? For, of course, bear in mind it was pre-purchased. You know, it was kind of pending purchase because, because like I said, anyone who did buy that, the, every everyone who did buy that stuff, they were automatically refunded when they when after be, they were automatically refunded because uh they didn't didn't it didn't happen like they hoped.
1: Exactly, and that's uh, that's the life of a Jet fan. It always ends up getting refunded because, uh, you know, whether it's a Super Bowl ticket or AFC title merch, that hasn't been in our um, our grasp for quite some time. But um, yeah, you know what, Dan? Uh,
0: with- I need a, need old real to real to watch the highlight film from Super Bowl three. That's how long ago it may have been that yeah. it was released.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I have the DVD of Super Bowl three, and uh, you know I used to watch it, like it when I was a kid. But now I watch it, and it's like, or or now I even see the DVD, and it's just like painful, you know, like, oh, how is that still the last time they've won? All right, now that we got all that football talk out of the way, uh, let's get back to a little baseball talk here, Dan. As right before we took um, the uh, the air here, some news broke that. Um, the Red Sox and Raphael Devers, their star third baseman, big left-handed bat, have come to an agreement for a long-term extension. now there there were agreements that uh, or I'm um, sorry, there were reports that the team and the player were a lot of money apart as recently as a couple weeks ago. So apparently they were able to bridge that gap, and it looks like they're signing him to an eleven year three hundred plus million dollar contract. Um, so you know, it's it's in the neighborhood of the uh uh Xander Bogart's deal and uh the Carlos Correa right now reported deal and uh you know Francisco Lindor and all those other deals. So he's right in that area and boy is it it must be really good to be a uh infielder these days with with a pretty decent bat because these guys are making big time contracts big-time deals that we've never seen given out in the course of one offseason but between trey turner and uh carlos correa and who got two different deals this year from two different teams both 300 plus million you know and and now this one with devers a lot of big contracts given out dan you know what do you think about that what do you do do you think that it's smart to be locking these guys up to these uh big big money long-term contracts or do you think that these 10-year deals are a ticking time bomb?
0: I think it varies from the player to player. Maybe the age. Maybe their injury history. could have been a, 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 bu- a bunch of different factors. True. True. You,
1: you're definitely right about that. But, like, so let, let's take a look at uh at our deal with um Carlos, uh you know, Correa that still is in the works right now. Now, all the reports – coming out I saw that um as as recently as yesterday Ken Rosenthal reported that um a deal between the Mets and the uh you know Carlos Correa camp is still very much likely um it's just going to be different terms like people have been speculating okay it's not going to be 12 years 315 million maybe it'll be like seven years 230 million or, you know, something along those lines. Um, hey, you know, to me, I don't really care what the deal is as long as Carlos Correa is playing for the Mets next year, right?
0: Yep, exactly. I feel the same way. Plus, I feel like with that contract, I feel things are a little bit different now, especially the fact that there's a DH in the National League. Yep. So that could play you the factor down, down the line with him
1: dude that that is a, a great point that to be honest i haven't even heard anybody bring up that is a that is an awesome point they have the dh and net. i mean that is two the, the one reason that you just said and the one reason that i'm gonna bring up so you just said the dh rule that that is such a great you know point because that's something that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to fall back on until just you know last year not counting 2020 where they just used it for that one year but you know the dh that is a legitimate weapon the mets have in their pocket that they can use if correa does start to break down also the the thing that i've been leaning on is that steve cohen has what 16 17 whatever it is billion dollars like I know the guy doesn't want to just throw his money out the window or flush down the toilet. He's smart enough to not do that. Otherwise he wouldn't be a billionaire in the first place. But the way I'm looking at it is he wants Carlos Correa. Met fans want Carlos Correa and seemingly Carlos Correa wants the Mets. Now, you know, for at least the first couple of years of this deal, you're going to get, you know, regular prime Carlos Correa. Now, it seems to me that the, the worry for this contract is when you start to get to the latter parts of the deal. Year six, year seven, year eight and beyond. So um, I understand that. I understand that too, but what team in baseball or sports really in all of sports, in North American sports, because soccer in Europe is a different, <laughs> that's a different animal altogether. But What North American sport team can take a hit like that? Like, let's say the Carlos Correa deal. Let's say the Mets sign him to that deal. 12 years, $315 The first five years of that contract are great. The Mets win, let's say the Mets win at least one World Series during that time. And Carlos Correa has a great first five years. Okay. Now, you know, the last seven years of that contract, you know, that's going to be an albatross. That's going to suck that, you know, you don't know what you are get. Maybe you're going to get some production out of, out of Correa some years. Maybe you're not going to get any of them out of other years. Maybe he's on and off the injury list. You don't know what that production and that production value is going to be. But there's no team in sports more quick to handle that, that albatross than the New York Mets. They have an owner that is willing to spend. They have an owner that's willing to take that hit. And, you know, I still see some fans living in their head like we have the Wilpons as the owners. And people are very worried about this contract and how it's going to impact the Mets' ability to have future deals. To be honest, I don't think that's going to have any impact, right? What do you think, Dan?
0: I don't think this is going to have any impact. This is that people need to forget. I know maybe some people are getting a little PTSD from uh, the Wilpon era, but... (laughs) Steve Cohen era, an owner that's going to be able to afford all this, and I, what matters in the end is that did we win? Yeah. In the end, and like if that happens, you'll take back anything you said about this deal, anything you questioned about this deal. We won. We win.
1: No doubt about it, man. I mean, it's been 36 years since the Mets won. You know they. They really have to just give their team... Th- this fan
0: base needs a championship. Badly. I just... I badly want to see it happen for once. Can, can it happen for once? And please, if it's happened once as well. My, I want my mother to be around to see it. I want I even want Mr. Maloonigan to be around to see it, too. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There are
1: so many people... And, you know, there are so many people, you know, over the years while we've been waiting for this this next championship to uh to come along that we've lost along the way you know that we wanted to experience the championship with i know my grandfather would have loved to see the mets win another championship my uncle pat my my, my great uncle would have loved to see another met championship he lived and breathed and and you know everything for this organization and we want to see our team win again because it's been so long, you know, and then you get those memories of those people and how happy they would have been to see this championship. You know, I remember even when the Mets went to the world series in in 2015, that was like a, an emotional experience seeing them get back there. I mean, the last time we saw them in the world series before that was the subway series against the Yankees in 2000, you know, getting knocked out. So, uh,
0: you know, we want to see them complete the job, get the job done. Right, Dan? Yep, exactly. Get the job done. I want to see it happen where I've uh, I've uh, bought a Sports Illustrated subscription. Yeah.
1: And, you know, we have to say Steve Cohen has done, he's gone above and beyond the call of duty, right? Let's just, let's take this time, right? You know, at the, the beginning of the year here. The beginning of 2023, the first show of the Best Seat in the House podcast of 2023. Let's just take a second to thank Steve Cohen because where would the Mets be without that guy right now? We would be screwed.
0: Yep, exactly. And also for those of you who don't understand what I mean by Sports Illustrated subscription and why wait till the Mets win a championship, all those gifts, all those little extras that they said whenever a team wins a championship. You know all those little chit that you know, a little package that they do when a team wins a championship. That's what I'm talking about. And also another word of advice to Sports Illustrated: don't put any Met players on the cover till after they win the World Series.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, steer, steer clear until November,
0: guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I get I get weary about that a bit more than that whole history with the Madden NFL. You know that little history. Yep. Yep. I- with the sports illustrated and then then I do that Madden curse. So please you know, wait, wait wait until after Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Sports
1: Illustrated, slow your role, especially when it comes to the Mets. Put the Yankees on as much as you want. Put the Braves and the Phillies on as much as you want. But stay away from the Mets at least until after the World Series. We we would definitely appreciate that. And um you know hey right now all we have to do is just play the waiting game. And you know, I I know as Homer Simpson once said, the waiting game sucks. Let's pro-, you know, let's play Hungry Hungry Hippos. That uh, that's something that we pretty much have to do. We have to sit here and play Hungry Hungry Hippos up until you know Billy uh you know um Epler or Steve Cohen or Scott Boris or whoever is going to make this announcement comes comes along and lets us know that th- this Carlos Correa deal is done and. You know, the, there's a lot of language in these contracts they have to work out. And there's a lot of just, you know, wording and and stuff along those lines. Uh, obviously, money is a gigantic part of it. And uh, what money is he going to give back? Because, I mean, let's remember, when the Mets first worked this deal out with him, he was taking a step down from 13 years, $350 million, to twelve years, three hundred and fifteen million dollars. So he was giving up one year and thirty-five million. So is that is that number going to change again? I know Cook, Correa, and Boris don't want it to, nor should they. I but the Mets are going to want that number to change, or they're going to want protections in case he can't live up to that number. So that's uh that's then we have to just keep in mind.
0: they're going to work some. Something out, all right? Korea, he wants to play here. Unlike that deal that San Francisco, this one he wants to try to work this one out with the Mets. And all the inkling, the photo we saw on Instagram pretty much gave that hint that he's wanting to get this deal worked out. So I, I'm, I'm I know it's going to sound like a broken record. We said this last week, but I'm hoping I'm very hopeful that by next week that deal will be official
1: yeah yeah i'm i'm with you on that man i think i i think we're getting close we have to just be patient you there yeah, yeah you there
0: Bo? i'm here i can hear you oh okay <laughs> all okay, right i can hear you you were just freezing
1: okay yeah cuz you froze up a little on my end too but no worries, um, but yeah, you know. So I I agree with you. I think this deal gets done. We just got to be patient, and um, that's the that's the one thing that most Met fans don't have because our patience has really, really been tried over these last thirty plus years. So, uh, you know,
0: getting the refresh button on my on Twitter a lot the next couple of days.
1: Oh yeah, and I'll be uh, I'll be keeping doing the same thing and looking at. John Heyman's Twitter and Ken Rosenthal's Twitter and Anthony DeComo and hoping something comes out. So uh, let's just, yep. you just got to be vigilant and uh, you know, hope for the best. And yep. uh, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, so while we're uh, um, rounded down here to the, uh, the, the final leg of the show here today, I do want to go over our New York Rangers real quick, Dan, because we, we've been seeing some up and down play, from the Rangers, but they really seem to have straightened themselves out the last few games. Um, you know, they, they really came up big with a a really nice win last night, um, that the, that they definitely needed. I mean, that, that was a, a a much needed victory for them last night as they took out the hurricanes five to three, you know, they were, um, they, they were down. I believe it was three to one at one point in that game. And, um, Oh, actually, no, it wasn't three one, but it was every time the Rangers uh would t- they would come back and tie the game, the Hurricanes would grab the lead right back. It happened, the the, the Rangers tied the game one one, right after that, on the on the next shift they take a two one lead, then the Rangers come back and tie the game two two. The next shift, Igor gives it back. They're down three two. Well, apparently, in between the second and third period, Igor jerking very emotionally told his teammates that, you know, how sorry he was that he gave those two goals back so quickly and that he wasn't going to let it happen again. And what happened? His team went out there and scored three third period goals, grabbed that game by the throat and got a victory. Now it's even more impressive that Carolina had not lost a game in regulation since November 24th. <laughs> they had not lost a game period since December 3rd they were on a 17 game undefeated streak and the Rangers brushed them off just really really fun game to watch last night very entertaining what do you think about it Dan I, I mean it looks like our Rangers are really starting to come into form now right
0: yeah I feel they're right now coming to form right now that little second half that little after post New year's they're about to uh they're about to come on that big stretch run. And I was, I could not tell you, I was jumping up and down after that game last, last night.
1: Oh, yeah, man. That was a very fun game.
0: Yeah, it, I think it was even a point that Mr. Maloonigan may have been feeding off the noise I was making. Because <laughs> he saw him a little bit howling after we were, I was celebrating.
1: Of course, of course. The dogs like to get riled up, too, uh, when the team's doing good.
0: Uh, and- the loonigan seems to pick pick up on he's picked up on my habits when I'm watching a game, that little guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, and it, it was a fun game to watch. It was a, 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 a even more fun game to win. And um, you know, hey, the Rangers were able to go out there, get two big points, and uh and move on, you know, they're still in I the good thing with the Rangers too is I feel like that this still is not the best version of the New York Rangers that we're going to see this year. And the reason why I say that is because um you know Ben Harper is one of the defensemen that really didn't get a lot of uh what you know he he wasn't really even mentioned at all. I'm sure on this show we didn't even mention when the Rangers signed him over the summer. He was just a depth piece that nobody really thought too much about. They stuck him in the AHL, and, you know, let him play his game. He's, he's okay. He'll play with the Hartford Wolfpack, and if they need any help, he'll be there. Well, guess what? The Rangers needed some help because, you know, for, for whatever reason, Libor Hayek still isn't ready to go. This is one of the guys they got from the Ryan McDonough trade five years ago, and looks like Libor Hayek just isn't that guy. And one of the guys, one of their young guys, too, um, Zach Jones, who has a really high ceiling, but they just have not seen enough yet. Not he doesn't have that defensive responsibility that these guys have to have at this level. And he finds himself back down in the AHL. Ben Harper on the NHL roster for the Rangers. And you know what? I gotta say, pairing him with Schneider, that's a pretty decent steady pair there at two or three, which 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 whichever way you want to use him. How how have you felt about Ben Harper so far because I've I've been impressed when when I first heard they were going to call him up I kind of rolled my eyes and I was like oh great what are they doing with this guy now and he's he's been steady I I can't say a- anything less than that
0: be working out well so far and I could, I hope it continues yeah yeah but you've
1: you've noticed a difference though right because it seems like ever since they made this switch the team is definitely playing a better defensive brand of hockey.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's it just felt it just feels like it now, and I, I can tell you it's going to be a real exciting next couple of months.
1: Yeah, man. Because and you know what? Even though, like I said, I want to compliment Ben Harper too because I don't know how much compliments he's been getting, but he does deserve it. He does deserve a pat on the back. But I also don't envision Ben Harper to be the guy, you know, unless maybe. I don't know, circumstances dictate it, but I also don't expect Ben Harper to be the guy um to be you know manning that spot on this depth chart come playoff time. Um the Rangers are probably gonna go out and make a deal. You know, you, you would expect everybody wants the one big forward, one of the guys from uh from from Chicago. Obviously everybody wants Taves. So that that's the guy people really have circled. And they, uh, or or Patrick, uh, Patrick Kane. I'm sorry, not Taves. Um, everybody wants Patrick Kane. I understand that. I definitely get that. But you know, we're going to be looking from the defensive side too, and they're probably going to need to put somebody there. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but it's probably not going to be Ben Harper. If we're honest about it, right?
0: Yeah, probably not going to be him. And- We'll see how it turns out come the trading deadline. It's kind of hitting the refresh button come around <laughs> that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'll be another refresh button, except we'll be looking at, like, Darren Drager and uh, Vince, uh, you know, Vince Mercogliano and all those guys for the Rangers because I expect that um, the, the Rangers will probably go and try and pick up a guy in the vein of, like, a Justin Braun, who they picked up from Philly last year and was a really, really Nice, steadying piece for this team in the playoffs. I felt like he did a really, really good job when he was out there. So um I, I feel like it'll be something like that. Now, look, the Rangers, tonight when people are watching this, you know, obviously me and you are recording this on Wednesday night, but Thursday night, now the Rangers are going to be in Montreal. You know, Montreal just got smacked the other night by um, the, the Capitals. I know Ovechkin scored a hat trick. And they scored nine goals, meeting them nine to two. Um, you know, the, the Canadians have been up and down this year. Uh, so you you would hope that going in there, the Rangers could get a nice, not maybe not easy, but definitely could come out of there with two points against, you know, a team that former Ranger Martin St. Louis is is getting a decent amount out of that Montreal squad, but they're just a little too young and inexperienced, and there's not enough talent there yet to really hang in with some of the big boys like the, the Rangers currently find themselves in, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I feel this one, hopefully, is going to be a nice little easy win, and uh, I'll be just kicking back and in, in front of the TV and hopefully celebrating another win.
1: Yeah, buddy, you got that right, man. And the uh, the, the Rangers looking to continue their recent uh, streak of good play. Um you know, and one more thing before we get out of here, because obviously where uh, we talked, we talked our hockey, we talked everything, you know, that the Knicks were on that eight game winning streak. They uh then went on a five game losing streak. They, they've now won the last couple of games and they're playing San Antonio tonight, a little tough. So, you know, that'll be good. But you know, one team that we never really give much love to for obvious reasons, because neither of us are, are Nets fans. And let's be honest to Nets fans, even, even playing in Brooklyn, nobody in New York cares about the Nets for the most part, you know? But I do want to give them credit because this is a team that's gone through a lot of crap over the last couple of years, including a coach change early on this season where, you know, bringing in Jock didn't really look like a slam dunk move. It looks like a slam dunk move right now because right now the Nets are the hottest team in the town, the hottest team in basketball. They've won 13 in a row. They're on absolute fire. Uh really, really good stuff we're seeing in the Nets. Um, what have you think? Have you seen much of this uh this recent Nets run? And man,
0: they've been uh, making it real interesting. I've been seeing on and off, and it looked like they're they're on a nice little winning streak. And I've been seeing some little 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 blurbs and stuff from uh from some people I know that are Nets fans. So I've been I've been seeing I've been seeing some. Put here and there, so they they look they look pretty good this year. It'll it'll be a shocker if they have a first round exit or something like a like last year. They they look they look good. They they look they look good this year.
1: They do look good. I agree. They they look like a more balanced and well coached team this year. You know, I I feel like I I would have liked to see what um how Harden you know James Harden would fit into this jock vaughn coached version of the nets i mean you know maybe his his personality clashed with kyrie and kd and that's why they 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 had to pull the plug and just send him away but um you know maybe uh it could have worked out a little bit better but hey you know what they're getting something out of ben out of ben simmons kevin durant is still being the, the kevin durant of old one of the best basketball players in the world and um you know Kyrie Irving, when he's on the court just continues to be um one of the best players on the planet as well so you uh gotta hand to the nets gotta hand to jacques vaughn i i just wanted to make sure i mentioned that because we don't give the nets a lot of love and i wanted to give the nets love because they deserved it they've been on a great run let's hope for net for net fans sake that they continue to keep it up
0: um you know hey but uh
1: I think that's just about going to do it for us today, buddy. Uh, Do you, you got any plug before
0: we get out of here? Sure. I got a cor- course. You could follow me on Twitter, bobo103NYC, and bo- and on Instagram, bobo718DK. Also, uh, I was on an upcoming episode of the Chip Chipperson Podcast. It was actually filmed earlier today, so it should be there, I think, this week or next weekend, depending if you're on Patreon or not. We'll determine how soon you'll get to see this episode, but... It was an appearance. I was on there with Dave Temple, of course, of course, of course. Chip, Chip, a sidekick. The Zia was there, and of course, this is the first time I really got to see her in person in a while since the last episode of the Eastside Dave Show. So it was great to it was great to get to see Flute uh, the again. So it was good to see her again. Very but, cool. Glad I'm glad to see Flutzy's doing well. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Flutzy's great um you know everybody just mentioned dave temple's hilarious z is great as his co-host chip obviously is the man so definitely make sure to check out dan on uh on chip show and like you said if you have his, his uh patreon it'll be available at the end of this week if not wait until uh sunday and it'll be out and you'll be able to check out dan um having a great time on the chip Chippison podcast so do yourself a favor and check that out also do yourself a favor, and if you haven't already, like and subscribe uh, to, to our channel. We uh, really appreciate all the support we've been getting from everybody. Um, also on social media, check us out. Give us a follow at bsith underscore podcast. You can follow my personal Twitter account at my last name, Kramer, and y also. So thank you, everybody, for all the support. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed their holidays and had a happy new year. And we're back here now, so work for the long for, for the long haul folks the next time that we get together it'll be the beginning of the nfl playoffs edition of the uh best seat in the house podcast so i know you're
0: pumped up for that right dan this will be our first time we'll have covered the playoffs the nfl playoffs. so it's gonna be a good one
1: absolutely man and luckily for us you know it stinks for, for me that my team didn't make it but hey at least we got one New York team that made it for the first time since 2016. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to be rooting for your Giants because uh, you're not not only are you my friend, not only are you my co-host, but as a fellow New Yorker, I want to see your team do good, buddy. So, let's get the good vibes going,
0: right? Word of advice to the players in the Giants. Going, going into the playoff game, maybe – Maybe wait a little bit till after the Super Bowl to do the trip to Miami. Yeah. All right. Stay away yeah. from the
1: boats, boys. Stay away from the boats.
0: Stay away from the In 2016.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, all right, everybody. Uh, once again, we want to thank you for sticking around and checking out the show. Uh, I'm I'm your host Rob Kramer, alongside my co-host Daniel Bobo Carlin, and we'll catch you next week on the Best Seat in the House podcast.